Thank you for tuning in to Dream City Omaha Online. We hope you like this message and that it has an impact on your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe for more. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Melissa Vandervelde. I am the Connect Team Leader here at Dream City Church. I'm married to Pastor Andre, and we have five pretty amazing kids together. Um, Haley is our oldest. She was just up here on worship. She has the cute little glasses. Um, last service, I did say that I was taking applications for um, anybody who would be interested in dating her. Apparently, that was a bad thing to say. Um, I don't know. But I did say that if you are submitting applications, you do have to go through Pastor Andre, so just FYI, that's a tough thing to do. Um, then we have our second son, uh, Jameson. He's 16. I'm definitely not taking applications for him. He's too cute. He knows it. His smile gets him out of literally everything. But he's pretty amazing as well. Our third son is Miles. You may not see Miles around very much. He tends to be a little bit more introverted and kind of hide in the office, but he's pretty fantastic. He's the funniest kid, and he's really, really artistic, takes after his dad. And then we have Andre Jr., and he is literally Andre Jr. He can argue a point until you just want to throw him. He plays devil's advocate, but he's got logic in his points, which is so, like, frustrating. I'm like, I don't even know how to refute that. It's so frustrating. And then lastly, everybody probably knows Lily, whether you realize it's Lily or not. You know her. She is loud, she is sassy, she is aggressive. <laughs> and not like to be mean aggressive, but she just is very passionate. I don't know where she gets it from. But again, so last service, Pastor Angel didn't even let me finish my sentence before she immediately let me know it is all me. Like, she is me. So if you have seen Lily, you know me. Like, we're just intense. We're passionate, caring people. I don't mean to be aggressive, but that's just the way that we are. We just want to make sure you get it. So this morning, I might be a little bit aggressive, but I want you to get it. That's us. That's our family. We are very highly blessed. We are so thankful um, that we have them. That generational thing that Pastor Angel was talking about is a very real thing. We were two kids, shouldn't have lasted, shouldn't have had the favor upon our lives that we do, but Jesus, but Jesus. So if you are just joining us for the first time, we have been going through the Bible chronologically as a church. If you are not doing it, can I encourage you to do it? I know we say that every week, but listen, it's so Amazing. One, we should be reading our Bibles every day anyway, so why not do it together as a community? I've read my Bible before, front to back, but it's really interesting chronologically when you put it all together like that, but then I love coming together as a church and being like, oh man, that last verse, like, are we going to get past the doom and gloom and smiting and Jesus just needs to come, right? That's where we're at. But you can pick it up on the app. We have physical copies. Just pick it up. It doesn't matter if you're six months behind, whatever month we're in now. We're in September. Right. Holy cow. Join us. That's my point. So last week, Pastor John said there is hope coming. Today, I get to give you some hope. He's like, hey, I've been doing all the hard stuff. I'll give you the easy one. I'm like, thank you. I'd love to bring some joy and some hope today, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be reading out of Ezekiel 34. Now, to give you some context about what is happening in this chapter, 
we have Ezekiel, who's a prophet. He's living in Babylon. He's been prophesying against the Israelites, against their ways, about all of the things that they're doing. But in this particular chapter, he is now speaking out against the Israelite leaders. He's saying, listen, your job was to tend my sheep, to care for their needs, to look after those who are lost. And you have failed. You have not done what I have asked. So now, instead of having my people look to anybody else, I'm going to step up. I'm going to shepherd my people. And they won't need to look to anyone else. And that's what we're going to pick it up in today. Ezekiel 34, 11 through 16. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them home to their own land of Israel from among the peoples and nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and all the places where people live. Yes, I will give them good pasture on the high hills of Israel. There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend my sheep. And give them a place to lie down in peace, says the Sovereign Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away, and I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. So here we see that God is referring to himself as a shepherd. I don't know very many people in the room that are actually shepherds, so I just kind of want to give you a breakdown of some of the specific job requirements of a shepherd. The first one is they need to lead their sheep. They must protect them. And finally, they need to treat their sheep. They work in direct contact with the sheep. In those times, they would sing songs and they would read words so that the sheep would get familiar with their voices. Then they would tend to them. They would ensure that they had all that they needed in order to supply trust with the sheep. Because if a shepherd is unreliable or inconsistent, that sheep is not going to follow them. But I want to submit to you today that God, as our shepherd, has never been un unreliable or inconsistent. If he has said it, he will do it. It says that his word goes forth and will not return void. He has never broken a promise. But I bet today... There's many of you out there, I'm definitely included in that, where I have felt that maybe that's not necessarily true. Maybe he wasn't always the best shepherd that I needed in my life. I want it to be true. I hope, I see it in other people's lives that it's coming true. Why isn't it coming true in my life? There's a few things that can happen that can make these verses feel untrue in our lives. The first one is, he's shepherding us, but we don't understand what he's doing. We don't see the full picture of what he's doing, or he's not doing it our way. So for us, he's not fulfilling his promise, and in all reality, he's faithful to his promise. We just don't see it. That's the second thing. We don't always see it, right? God has provided and protected me in ways that maybe I will never understand or see on this side of heaven, but I can guarantee you there were multiple times that I should have been hooked up with this other person that took me to Kansas City and sold me doing something, right? Like there are times where there's protection and there's favor, but I didn't see it like that because I didn't recognize the shepherd 
I didn't recognize his hand. And then three, we are not allowing him to shepherd us the way that he is intended. And if we are not allowing him to shepherd us, his promises cannot be fulfilled in our lives. But when there's those times of struggle come, and we want these verses to stick in our lives, we want them to come to fruition, and we're begging God, and we're pleading with God. And instead of looking inwardly to see if there's something amiss within us, we blame God. To give you an illustration of, of this, um, I picked up what is called splat balls. Yes. Have you seen them before? If you've been around a child for any length of the time, I guarantee you've probably seen it. You just didn't know what it was called. My children love these things. I hate these things. They are sticky. They throw them at the wall and they stick, or in my case, the ceiling. And we have 10-foot ceilings. They're like, it'll come down, Mom. It'll be fine. It'll be great. It doesn't come down. I have to get the ladder out because the ceilings are so high. And then I have a mark on my ceiling. Now, thank you very much. We look amazing when people come over. Don't mind that. It's just the splat ball that's happened to not come down because that's what my children said, right? So this is what a splat ball is. In our life, we are much like this splat ball. We go through life and we decide, well... I'm actually going to go ahead and just lead myself in this, God. I've got this. Don't worry about me, God. I'm, I'm not worried about this unforgiveness. It might stick a little bit, but it's okay. That past hurt of other people, it's fine. I've got it. And what ends up happening is the grime of life, that's what that is, the grime of life sticks itself to us. We are carrying it around. And then when everything hits the fan, we come and we're like, you are my shepherd. You will lead me. You will guide me. You're going to protect me. You're going to treat me. God, you're not doing what you said you were going to do. Why aren't you doing what you said you would do? And he's like, because that wasn't what I intended for you. I didn't intend for you to pick up unforgiveness, to pick up past hurts, to pick up all of that bitterness that creates that grime on your life. What I intended for you was to be like this brand new sticky ball. I wanted you to be able to say when the things hit the fan, you are my shepherd, I shall not want. You lead me through the valley of the shadow of death, but you are with me. That's what he's intended for our life. And when he is our shepherd, he's able to fulfill those promises in our life. But we are susceptible to making our own choices and leading ourselves. We have to be in constant check of ourselves. Are we leading ourselves or are we allowing the shepherd to take over? So today I want to talk about the difference between God shepherding us versus shepherding ourselves. If the shepherd's role is to lead, to protect, and treat, what are some of the ways that I can watch for to make sure he is truly the shepherd of my heart? Role number one, the shepherd's role is to lead. Now, when I am leading my own life, it'll look a little bit something like this. When sheep are taken to be slaughtered at the slaughterhouse, they'll put them in this pen. And in this pen, they sense something's going on, right? They get a little bit skittish. They get a little bit, they're aware. 
So what the people will do is they'll actually put what is called a Judas sheep in the pen. This Judas sheep walks along, acting like all of the others, getting comfortable with everybody. And when it's time for the sheep to be led to slaughter, he will go to the ramp, he'll stop at the ramp, and he looks around. Guys following me? You looking at me? Okay. Takes a couple of steps forward, and he stops, and he looks around, and he waits. And then he takes a couple more steps, and he waits until he starts to feel like the, he sees the other sheep, sheep, shepherd. The other sheep start to follow him at that point. So they are all going up this ramp now. They're like, oh, there's movement. We're moving. We're leaving. This is going to be great, right? They're up the, the ramp. The Judah sheep gets to go off to the left and save his life. The rest of the sheep are led to the slaughter. Now, in our lives, that looks like us shifting our focus from the shepherd, putting it on to things like social media. I got to keep up with the Joneses. Look how perfect their life is. Oh, I'm definitely missing out on that. I need to do that. We shift our focus to other people, right? If, if they're doing it, clearly I need to be doing that too. Their plan, God has this perfect plan for them. Maybe that's my plan too, we were never created to do what somebody else was doing, but we are so intent and so focused on other people, we miss out on what God's trying to do. And then there's things like shifting our focus from God and his agenda to our own agenda, yeah. our desires, our wants, our wisdom. And in Proverbs 14, it says this, there is a way that seems right to a man but in the end leads to death. Can I say to you this morning that all of those things, anything that shifts your focus off of the shepherd and onto anything else will lead you to death and destruction time and time again. That's why it's so important to constantly ensure that we are checking, where is my focus? Who am I focused on? What? am I focused on? Checking regularly and multiple times a day because if we don't, we will wander and we will be down the path of destruction. But if we allow the shepherd to lead us, let's look in Ezekiel and say, see what the, the Bible says about that. It says, yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills. My, I myself will tend my sheep. I will give them a place to lie down in peace, says the sovereign Lord. should have one more. In Psalm, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. One more. Even though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. So he, we see that he wants to give us good pasture land. He wants to give us peace. He wants to walk us on paths of righteousness. And that rod and that staff that he uses will actually comfort me right. in those times. His promises for us are the best. When he leads us and he guides us, it's for our benefit. Yeah. Not his benefit, for our benefit. He uses that rod to tap that sheep. If the sheep's like, oh, this feels like a good place to go, he's like, hey, get back in line. Sometimes that tap is real nice and gentle. When we are in tune with the shepherd, he's like, hey, 
that's bad. Oh, okay. Get right back in line. And then other times I'm like, I am good. I'm going this way. I'm jumping off the cliff. And he has to take that staff that has that crook, wring my neck, and get me back in line. That's why the rod and the staff, they comfort. Because I know that if I get that tap, that means, hey, get back with the flock. I want to keep you with me. But we have to allow him to lead us in order to walk out in those promises. And a way to find out what you're following, to see who's really leading your life, is to ask, what are you focused on? Are you focused on that which is sacred? Are you focused on that which is secret? When we focus on the sacred, we know that God is leading us. But when we focus on the secret, we are leading ourselves. What does that actually look like? Well, the sacred is God. The sacred is paths of righteousness. The sacred is light. It is peace. But that secret is us. It's our flesh. Things are hidden. They're dark. They're closed off. We're isolating. There's secrets. There's discomfort. The sacred is all about God, but the secret is about the world. It's attractive on the outside, but it will devour you on the inside. And your actions are going to tell on you. If you are producing the fruit of spirit in your life, then you know that you're looking at what is sacred. But if you are focused on what is secret, things are a little bit more skittish, right? I'm not telling my friend who loves Jesus that I'm going to go hook up with this guy right? Oh no, I just went shopping. I wasn't anywhere. There's secrets. There's isolations. You pull away from the people that are meant to sharpen you. So in those moments, we have to refocus back on the shepherd and back on the the sacred. So who is leading you this morning? What are you focused on? The second role of a shepherd is to protect. So when we protect ourselves, it will look like we're building walls. We are isolating. There's anger. There's bitterness. There's frustration. And that's just to name a few. Melissa, that's not what my protection looks like. Okay. When somebody hurts you, what do you do? Well, I mean, I just don't let them come and hurt me again. How do you do that? I just build a wall. Well, I mean, if I'm not around them, then they can't hurt me like that. Isolation. I have a really thick skin now, so I, just can, I can slough it off. I ignore it. It's not that big of a deal. We harden our hearts towards that pain. From that comes the anger. From that comes the bitterness, the frustration, and the unforgiveness. In our aim to protect, we find that we are actually doing more damage than we are good. We often protect ourselves because it's either, one, the way that we've always done it before, or it's because we don't trust that God can protect us the way that we think he should. The very things that we protect ourselves from, we end up trying to get away from, right? We try to run away from it, but we end up chaining ourselves too. We don't want to be attached to it, and it's the very thing that we attach ourselves to. When a sheep gets spooked by a predator or loud noise or literally anything, they just take off running. There's no rhyme, there's no reason, they just know run. They could go headlong off of a, a cliff 
they wouldn't know the difference because they're just concerned with running. When we have protected ourselves, we run. We run away from anyone or anything that has a chance to harm us. Not thinking, we just react. Yet, if God is our shepherd, we do not have to run. We do not have to protect ourselves in those ways. Because the Bible says this about God. In Psalm 91, he is my defender. He is my protector. In Psalm 46, he is my refuge, my strength, a present help in trouble. In Psalm 121, our keeper, our helper. He keeps us from evil. He keeps our life. In Psalm 34, he's my guard. He's my defender. He rescues me. He protects me. In 2 Samuel 22, he's my rock, my shield, my stronghold. In 2 Corinthians 4, he will never abandon us. In Psalm 18, he is a shield for those who take refuge in him. In Philippians 4, he guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. In Psalm 18, he's my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my shield. Listen, that is just some of the verses about how God goes to protect and defend us. When we allow him to protect us, we get to stand on those promises. That same rod that he used to keep us in line is the same rod he uses to defend us. The enemy of our soul is very real. He comes to steal, he comes to kill and destroy. He has nothing with the intention but to devour you. But can I tell you today, when you allow the shepherd to protect you, he's not able to do that. He's not able to get any closer to you because he defends us. He doesn't just protect us against the enemy, though. He protects us against ourselves, yeah. our desires, our wisdom, our own protection yeah. with a gentle, sometimes firm, giant hook, whatever is necessary. He gets us back to the flock. He gets us back into his protection. That's what our God does when we allow him to protect. The thing about God, though, that I find not even amazing because he's just so good, is that he doesn't just want to protect us. It says in Psalms that he sets a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Now, I don't know about you. When I am up against an enemy, I'm not as excited to sit down and see what happens. I want to stand up. I want to get ready, right? I'm like, I feel like I have to fight, or if I'm going to run, probably more run in my case, but I want to do something, right? But God, as our protector, says, listen, you do not have to fear because I am with you. You do not have to worry about the enemy that is surrounding you right now because I've got you. I am your defender. What I want you to do is come sit at this table. I want you to partake in the bounty that I have for you. And all you have to do is sit and let me do my job. But the amazing thing is, is not only is he saying, here's your protection, here's your favor, but he's telling that enemy, you don't get to come any closer. And to make you even more mad, they're going to sit and enjoy my favor. That is the promise of our God when we allow him to protect us. But we must allow him. The third role of a shepherd is to treat. When I treat myself, not in a good way, when I treat myself, my wounds, right? Um, I know that's a slang term right now, so it's really popular. 
I am weak. I cannot get the strength that I need to go day after day after day, experiencing that pain, experiencing that situation. I am vulnerable to anything and everything. And then when I tend to the wound myself, usually I can get the surface level stuff, right? I can slough that off. But on, underneath there, there's a little bit more to it that I tend to ignore. And so what ends up happening is an infection. We are not good at treating ourselves. A couple of summers ago, we were at Pastor John and Angel's house, and Pastor Angel and I wanted to take a walk, and Lily says, well, I'd like to go. Um, I'll ride this bike. This bike was a little bit bigger than she was used to, but I'm like, fine, she's old enough, it should be fine, okay? So she's riding, I don't know, a little bit further ahead of us, and all of the sudden, there's no rocks, there's no cracks in the cement, there's no rhyme or reason to why this happens, but this child flips over the top of her handlebars, and we're like, what is happening? So as a parent, you're like, do you react? Do you wait a second? And at first I'm like, okay, run. Something's really bad. But she sits there for a second, right? And then it hits her. She's like, I can't believe that just happened to me. And she loses her mind. Rightly so. I would have lost my mind too. I flipped over some handlebars. Pastor Angel and I take her back to the house. We get her cleaned up. We get all that dirt and stuff off of it. But she had some ramifications from that happening, right? In her heart, she's terrified. She doesn't want to get back on that thing again. That's what we do though. We tend to treat that dirt and those scrapes on the top, but we leave the stuff that's on the inside causing that infection in our lives. It causes us to be weak. It causes us to be exhausted because every time somebody pokes me in just the right spot, all of that comes out again. And we try our best to keep wiping that dirt off and just sticking a Band-Aid over it when in all reality, we need a doctor to take that microscope in there and really ensure that all of that is cleaned out because of that infection, I'm feeling pain. I don't want to feel pain, so I try to numb the pain. I check out. I turn to anyone or anything that can dull that pain in my life. I refuse to think about the situation, and then eventually I become apathetic. I create coping skills to deal with the pain instead of get to the, to the root of the issue, yep. all of which are short term solutions, and one in which I'm going to have to up the ante every so often, because that just doesn't numb the pain anymore. Ignoring it doesn't numb the pain anymore. I got I to gotta feel better, so what am I going to do now? Constantly upping the ante. That numbness, that apathy takes us farther and farther away from the shepherd, who is truly the only one that can treat us in the first place. Listen, it's hard to forgive on a good day. Yeah. It's hard to release that bitterness. It's hard to deal with people sometimes, <laughs> right? And we try to do it on our own. That's not what he intended. We need the shepherd. Yes. We need him to come in and we need him to treat. Let's look what it says in Ezekiel about treating. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away. I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Because we have strayed so far away, trying to numb, trying to take care of it on our own, he comes and he finds us. He doesn't say, you walk all the way back here. He went and found the lost sheep. He bandages us. He strengthens us so that we can keep going. In Psalm 147, it says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds their wounds. He never said that there's not going to be pain in this life. But he promises to walk through it with us. And when we walk through it with him, that's when we get to stand on his truth. That's when we get to walk out in freedom. We are not chaining ourselves to the pain, to the accuser, to the circumstances, but we get to say, because of you, Jesus, I get to forgive. Because of you, Jesus, you heal that hurt that they caused. Because of you, I can move forward in freedom. But he doesn't just stop there. It's great. I appreciate that he treats us. But what he does is he anoints our head with oil. We understand the significance of that in kingship, but do you understand the significance of that when it comes to treating? When a shepherd had sheep out in pasture, they would oftentimes rub oil all over their head because these flies would consistently come. They would attack the sheep. But the, it's not just because they're frustrated with the, sh the flies attacking. These flies would lay larvae on the sheep. Those larvae would scooch down and get into the nostrils of the sheep and then burrow in through the head. These sheep are in excruciating pain. So what they'll do is they will beat their head on the floor. They will beat their head on these trees and on these rocks. It hurts. They don't want to feel that any longer. So what they want to do is numb that pain, right? It causes damage and sometimes even death. The Lord comes to anoint us with oil. Not only are you treating my wounds, but you're going to come and you're going to protect me against the things of the enemy. Though he may still try and get at me, he's not able to put the lies in my mind because you have anointed my head with oil. You have covered me in your oil. When we are in the darkest times of our life, God doesn't just do okay. He goes above and beyond anything that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. But it takes us allowing him to do what only he can do in the first place. We need to allow him to lead us. We need to allow him to protect us. And we need to allow him to treat us. We should not be treating ourselves. We have All Access coming up in a few weeks. If you have not been to All Access, you need to go. If you've gone to All Access, you need to go. It's such a phenomenal weekend of coming together as a community, but it's experiencing God for an entire weekend, allowing him to speak to every part of who we are and walking out in freedom that you have never experienced before, walking out in healing, walking out in love. That's what All Access is. If you haven't signed up, I strongly encourage you to do, do so. But now that we understand that we need him to shepherd us, we get to make the choice. Do we allow him to do his job or do we keep the staff? Do we keep doing it on our own? 
It's a choice that we must make every single day, oftentimes multiple times a day because we are easily distracted. At least I am. He is a good shepherd. He will pursue us. He leaves the 99 to find you. Just grasping that in and of itself, it's like, you're such a big God. There's so many people. But he specifically stops and meets you. He searches for you. But it's our choice how we respond when he arrives, when he's there. Do we let him do his job or do we keep trying to do it to, on our own? Do I, do I die to myself and my desires, pick up my cross and follow him? Or do I hang on to that staff saying, I think I've got it for one more day, for one more hour. His heart is always one of restoration, bringing the one back to the flock. He never says, hey, sheep, when you get your life together, then come and find me. He meets us right where we're at. In all of our funk, in all of our mess, he sees us, he sits with us, and he helps pick us up if we would allow him. But please don't assume that just because you're good in one area of your life, you're good overall. There's oftentimes where I've tried to allow him just to lead me, but not protect me. Or to treat me, but maybe don't lead me in how I should move forward. Can I tell you today, it's going to eke into every aspect of your life. There's no compartmentalizing, giving him access to one and maybe not another. Eventually that infection, that, that stink oozes and creates havoc in your life. How do I know this? A few weeks ago, I was given the opportunity to listen to what he's telling me today, and I didn't. I experienced rejection. And I wish that I could say in that moment, I immediately went running to him. I was like, Jesus. But I was like, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. It makes sense what you're saying. So, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't hurt that bad. I'll just ignore it. It's fine. Everything's great. But then eventually what began to happen is I slowly, it's usually a slow fade, right? I slowly stopped doing the very things that I know I needed in my life. I stopped going to God. I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped praying. One night I woke up or I was getting ready to go to bed and I'm like, I didn't even pray today. I hadn't even realized because I had become so apathetic. I don't care what happens anymore. I don't care what my life looks like. I'm just tired. I want an easy life. I just want. And then I realized I hadn't even prayed that day. I was like, God, something is going on in my life. We stuff it down. We ignore it for so long. And in the end, he's like, if you would just bring it to me. And that's what I did. I said, God, search me. See if there be any wicked way within me. If there's a way that I have decided to lead myself, would you shine the light on that? I don't want partial healing. I want complete healing in that. And can I tell you, in that moment, he met me exactly where I was at. He didn't take that rod and start beating me over the head, condemning me or saying, you're such an idiot. He was the gentle shepherd 
He met me exactly where I was. He got on my level and he said, I love you. I'm sorry that they rejected you, but guess what? I don't reject you. I'm sorry that you have this feeling and that you've been walking through this life, but you don't have to choose that. We can choose to immediately turn to him. It is so easy and we make it so hard. God, just wait. If I just, I'm gonna get my life together. He's like, let me get your life together. Let me lead you. Let me show you. This morning, I don't know where everybody's at. Maybe this doesn't pertain to you at all. You feel like you are good. Can I caution you in this? I said it. I'm good. I heard from the Lord. I'm good. We need him to lead, to treat, and to protect every aspect of our life, often multiple times a day. It is so easy for us to pick up that staff and do it our own way and not even realize we have done it. We get to make a choice today. Are we allowing him to be the good shepherd in every aspect of our life? Or are we letting him lead us and not protect us? Maybe you're good. Maybe the shepherd is being the shepherd. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're like me where you're like, I feel like God's tugging on this aspect of my life right now. He's tugging on my heart saying, maybe you're not giving me full access to this. That's what I hope he's doing this morning. Because I know that as I was preparing this message, he was doing it to me over and over again. And every single time, he is so good, you guys. He is so gentle. He is so caring in that. But we have to let him be. He leaves the 99 to follow the one. And can I tell you, every single time that I've allowed him to shepherd my life, there has not been one moment that I regretted it. One moment where I went, and yes, he broke things in me. Yes, it was hard, but it was so much better with him than without him. I experienced pain in my life. There are times when I didn't allow him to shepherd me and that pain lasted so much longer than it should have. If I would have just simply come to him in that moment, he could have healed me and we could have walked through that pain. That pain would have been so much different. It says that he takes our mourning and he turns it into joy. That's his promises when we allow him to do that. This morning, let's stand. I want to pray with those who maybe have never allowed the shepherd to shepherd your life. Maybe it's been something that you've put off. Maybe you're never even heard of what it is to have a shepherd in your life. That's what I want to pray with you about. And then I'm going to pray for those who feel like maybe I'm not allowing him to shepherd me in every aspect of my life. But first, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna have you um, bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm gonna have the church help us with this part, okay? Dear Lord, would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you lead me moving forward? God, I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. We tend to make it so difficult 
when we have gone astray or we have done something, oh God, forgive me, you're beating your chest and you're, not that we shouldn't have a reverence and, and ask for forgiveness, but can I tell you today, it's as easy as this. God, forgive me. And he meets us right where we are. So this morning, let's pray. God, I just ask that for those who have not allowed you to shepherd every aspect of their life, would you prick their hearts this morning? Would you shine the light in those areas that they can say, no longer do I want to shepherd myself. I don't want to feel the pain. I don't want to go through and treat myself any longer. Father, I hand you my staff. I say, have your way because your way is so much better than my way, God. Let us have gentle and soft hearts to receive and then make the choice to follow you. Not just once, but multiple times, over and over again, God. May we search our hearts. God, for those who feel like you are shepherding every area of their lives, I ask that you continue to do so. I ask that you continue to give a soft heart that when you are tapping them, they receive the tap, God. Jesus. Do what only you can do in our lives, God. Thank you for being that good shepherd. Thank you for leaving the 99 to find me in my mess, in my muck. You loved me right where we, I was at, God. And you do it for each and every one of us. Lord, would you go before us and go behind us. Be with us the rest of this week and constantly check us. Are you leading? Are you protecting? And are you treating us? In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you need additional prayer, we're going to have our prayer team up here. Please feel free to come up for additional prayer. You guys have a great week. Here at Dream City Omaha, we're all about three things. Helping each other discover Christ, recover identity, or uncover purpose. We hope that this message helps serve one of those three goals. And we encourage you to check out our past sermon series and online classes no matter where you are in your walk with Christ.